Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Stephanie. Hey, Steph. How's it going, Steph? I mean, it's going well. Thank you for humoring me and letting me sleep in a little later than we planned. <laughs> uh, Steph and I, we had uh, organized tonight's recording like a couple hours ago. And then I messaged Steph 8 p.m. my time. And she was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm I'm still I got a voice memo. I was like, I'm exhausted. Can I have another hour in bed? It's been a long week for you. Your parents <laughs> are visiting. It Which has. Is- yes, I picked my parents up. They flew over from Canada. Um, we've been busy, 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 seeing sights. Uh, work yeah. has been crazy. Just, it's been wild. It's been a, it's been a big week. And for those of you that are listening, maybe for the first time, and if you don't know, um, we we do record this podcast from. I'm in London, England. Steph's in Melbourne, Australia. So mm-hmm. it's very hard. We do this once a week. We always have to find a good time that suits both of us. Um, and you know, sometimes just life gets in the way, but here we are. <laughs> yep. One so, of us is always drinking coffee and one is always drinking wine. Yeah, exactly. I'm on the wine tonight and your extra hour in bed gave me an extra hour of wine drinking. So I'm, uh, I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling warm and fuzzy tonight. I'm feeling Excellent. great. We know who will be the wittier one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really good. All right. Let's get well, right into the episode. Let's get straight into it. So previously we've done, we did an episode, uh, Steph, remember our episode on travel snobbery? Yeah. We talked about being a tourist versus a traveler. That whole, I mean, we hate that saying anyways, but today we're going to be tourists. We're embracing the tourists. We've got like our Hawaiian printed shirts on and our cargo shorts and our I camera. got my fanny pack. Steph's got her fanny pack. You can't say fanny pack in the UK. I don't know if it's the same in Australia. 
but I know we, t- we, I think we talked about that in an episode. Yeah. That's like, that's like calling it a vagina pack. Um, here we call it a bum bag. <laughs> Definitely better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Steph's got her fanny slash bum bag on. Um, I've got my Tilly hat. We've got a camera around our, our neck and we're ready to be tourists. Off the back of the episode about travel snobbery, we decided we wanted to talk about our favorite tourist attractions on our travels because Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of talk nowadays about like, oh, no one wants to be a tourist. Don't do the touristy things. Do everything off the beaten track, which I think as you travel, you don't have to be that guy. Well, so, so much, so much of travel and the desire to travel is from as you're growing up seeing some iconic site on TV. Like that seed is planted because of some major tourist destination and you just needing to see it. Like that's how it starts. Right. So it's like, why do you have to lose sight of how it started? Like sometimes you want to see the major tourist attractions that some people puff their nose up at and poo-poo to them. Whether you think they're like cheesy or... Just like, oh, that was done so many years ago. I, for one, I am all about the tourist attractions. I am one of those people. And I think this is like between Steph, you and I, how we have traveled. Because you've done the really long-term travel sort of thing where you've spent a lot of time in certain places. Where I've always been the type, I like to do sort of my short vacations or short travel jaunts where I kind of like to go and just... In, depending on where I am, go and just see the tourist attractions. And that's cool. And I'm fine with that. And again, as we've always mentioned, it's it's two very different ways of traveling. But what we're talking about today, we're going to specifically talk about our favorite, not <laughs> yes. necessarily even our favorite, but like some places that we've gone to where we're like, when we went there, this is you what we... Get, yeah, it gets your heart racing. You get that excitement in your chest. Yeah. Or when we went, we're like, this is what I am going here to see this. And no one's going to stand in my way. I have to go see it. So we didn't really review our list with each other. Like the other week, we did the same thing where we came up with our own list. We haven't reviewed them. But I did tease the one because I knew you didn't have this one. Like I just knew. Oh yeah. You mentioned this and I don't know where this is going. (laughs) And it's my favorite. I think you and I did it together. I teased it a little, but you didn't catch on to my uh, hint that I dropped. Okay. So the very first one I had on my list because I did it with you. It was one of the first cliche things I ever did. Cliche twisty things. Okay. Yes. Go for it. Our photos and you and I were dying. Like my cheeks are hurting from laughing. Just thinking about how much our cheeks hurt from laughing when we did it. Abbey Road. Oh my God. I actually (laughs) totally (laughs) forgot about Abbey Road. And I live in London. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, we did Abbey Road. I knew you didn't think of it. And we, it was when we first moved to London and it's very wet. So when you're in the core of London, there's a lot of things kind of in the same zone that you can get to pretty easily. Yeah. But Abbey Road is a bit of a track outside of, you know, the CBD or the core area. Like it's a track to get there. It's like, I mean, well, it's funny. I feel like we thought it was a track now living here. It's not like a huge track, but it's not (laughs) within like the central 
sort of touristy London area. It's like St. John's Wood. It's, I think it's zone three. I want to say it's zone three. So yeah, like yeah. it's, it's, it's not within like Westminster Abbey and Big, Big Ben and all that stuff. No. Yeah. It's a fucking crosswalk and like, the, like <laughs> it's, it's in a neighborhood in London, basically. For those of you that are not, like it's, it's literally a crosswalk. And for those of you that are, that are not familiar with what Abbey Road is, so this is uh, essentially, it's like the iconic album cover of the Beatles album, also titled Abbey Road from, I think it was 1969. And it's that like iconic cover of like the four of them walking across this crosswalk within London and that's Abbey Road and it was it was uh taken outside of Abbey Road Studios and it's well, like a massive tourist attraction in London. I think what was so funny is when you and I decided to go there we didn't understand it was a massive tourist attraction and we were on the tr- like tram do you call it tram I can't the tube you call it the tube there the tube yeah um so we took the tube there and we were talking to each other and we're like do you think we'll be able to find it because you and I don't look up directions like, oh no, Steph and we I just, just go to attractions and we're like, well, I'm sure we'll find it because we'll see people. <laughs> it just, it always reminds me of when I was going to Chicago, I got in my car and started driving because I knew I had to get on the highway and suddenly I was like, I don't know how to get to Chicago. <laughs> like that is with, our level of planning. Yeah. Same with Abbey Road. We're, we just asked yeah, people, same like, with where Abbey is Road. Abbey Road? We kind of, I think we looked up what tube exit we needed to go to, but from there... We're like, and so we were saying, do you think we'll be able to find it? And obviously, as soon as you get out, it's like Beatles music playing in the station. Oh, Abbey Road this way. Yeah. Like, it is very obvious. It's like, it's like once you get out this area, it's like they've vomited the Beatles like on the streets, (laughs) on the walls, everywhere. You're like, no, no, this is definitely it. There's no question in anyone's mind. You are near Abbey Road somewhere. Yeah. Like it would be physically impossible to go the other way because it is just that obvious. You would be an idiot not to find it. (laughs) If you walked out of that tube station and we're like, where is Abbey Road? But yeah. And we went and we thought we were going to take this really cool photo and you know we'd be walking across the same except for the fact there is a thousand people there yeah there are so many people and you're all taking the same photo and it's just a road so there's cars driving up and down the road who must hate the tourists so when there's no cars coming and we have a second to actually go there's like 40 people going across the road getting their photo at the same time well it's basically it's okay so for those of you that have not been there it is a functioning crosswalk like it's not some made up painted on fake crosswalk (laughs) where when the Beatles did this iconic album cover where they just made it up no it's a real crosswalk and it's still functioning in 2019 so I actually remember Steph and I when we we (laughs) we found all the people that were we're like well I like you said it wasn't hard to find it we looked across the road we're like hey there's a thousand people stopping in the middle of the fucking road like for posing for photos and the funniest thing was like cars are trying to get by and they're just yeah. like honking at everyone going by like can you fucking move and like people live around there like it's a residential area <laughs> and you can imagine imagine living in that area and be like for fuck's sake i'm trying to get to work and there's some idiot tourist that is just like <laughs> laying in the middle of the road like trying to take a photo but imagine being someone who's moved to london maybe from a country where you know the beatles weren't quite what they were 
in the Europe oh, and North Does America. a country like that exist, you though? It's the Beatles. Come on. I mean, everything exists this day. Now okay. and now. All right. But, All right. But that, that, All everything right. exists. True. Um, <laughs> but imagine doing that and then driving and not knowing it was Abbey Road and just being like, what the fuck? Are yeah. all these people doing? Why are there so <laughs> many people? Because it looks so it looks so absurd. Like wherever yeah. you're listening now, imagine suddenly all day, every day, you had a thousand people out in front of your road taking a photo. Yeah, like, that's exactly what it's like. But I even oh. remember when we we turned up. So it was funny because we see everyone on this one crosswalk. But then, like, if you look right across the street, I think there's like I I almost want to say there's there is like a little roundabout, and there's another crosswalk. And I'm like, how do we not know it's not this crosswalk? Maybe it could oh. be this one because they all look the fucking same. Um, but no, the one, it, it was definitely the other one because it is right out front of the Abbey Road studio. So Steph and I, we did like our obligatory walk across Abbey Road and we both got our photos from it. And, you know, we look pretty fucking cool doing it. Way cooler than the Beatles. For sure. I mean, it's it's really hard to try to do it without other people in the photo. I'm actually thinking as someone now that lives in London, maybe I should go there at night. Yeah. Well, at night is probably when you get the professional people who have the really good cameras for the oh. lighting and probably know what they're doing. Like I was thinking, like, you know, have you ever gone to sites where you got people like with their professional cameras on their tripods and they're properly? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I know mean, what I you guess- mean. <laughs> I mean, probably yeah. uh, maybe maybe that'll be. Maybe out. it's I'm, a good time ago, and you can get them to take your photo. Maybe I'll go once we're done this, uh, done recording tonight. You're not going. Absolutely <laughs> not. It is so far from where I live. I live in <laughs> South London. I am nowhere near Abbey Road Studio. Um, but yeah. Oh, I love that you thought of that one because I didn't think of that. That yes. is. Uh, that is yeah one of the touristy things in London. That yeah, yeah a lot of people and you do see I I've. I have a lot of friends that when they've come over, uh, one of the things over like Big Ben, Buckingham Palace, Westminster Abbey, they're like, I want to go to Abbey Road. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, that trip, we got so many other cliche photos too. It was great. We got us like talking in the red phone booths, the photos of the red double-decker buses, the the photos of the, the, the iconic tube station. The thing I love about the, uh, the phone booths in London, like now that I live here, there's only two things that happen in a red phone booth in London now, and neither of them include actually making phone calls. Drugs and sex. (laughs) And rock and roll. (laughs) No, I was going to say, I was going to say, usually it's urinating and having a wank. Oh, wow. I, well, I, I guess I took that high class. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. It's I I always find it quite funny when I see people like taking those like uh, obligatory like yeah. photos in in the phone booth, and I walk by like I work in Soho and some of them are you walk by them like they stink of piss and then you see people standing them like look at me and my cute photo I'm like oh don't don't touch but they are cute photos no they <laughs> are the they are but yes. yeah now that I've lived in London as long as I have I'm like I know what happens in there. <laughs> Okay, the next thing I have on my list. So I want to go back to the first time I ever traveled on my own to Rome. And on my list, I was like, I have to go see the Sistine Chapel ceiling, which we all Mm -hmm. know it's the iconic ceiling painted by Michelangelo, uh, which depicts the famous uh, creation of Adam, right? So everyone knows you got like the two fingers touching. It's like one of the most iconic paintings. So when I went to the Vatican and I remember actually going up and I was like standing in the queue to go into, into the Vatican. I was like, where's the Sistine Chapel? 
And the people working there were there. They were like, well, it's in the museum. Like it's not in the actual church itself. I'm like, oh, which I didn't know. No. So it's like in a, they've like, it's inside the museum within the Vatican. So you have to actually get a ticket to go inside to the, the chapel itself or like, it's like, it's sorry. It's the Vatican museum, which inside of that is the Sistine Chapel. I paid a ticket. Then I had to wait in a long queue to get in. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I don't care to see anything inside a museum. All I want to do is go see the Sistine Chapel and the ceiling. As soon as I got it, I literally just like rushed my way through the museum because I'm like, I don't care to see old artifacts and old paintings and all that. I didn't give a shit. I rushed my way through. I went in. I got into the Sistine Chapel. And then there it was. It was like the ceiling. There was like the famous painting. And I remember the one thing they said, they were like, you are not allowed to take photos and you have to be very quiet when you're in there. So I remember sitting there and this is when I first like got an iPhone and I was like, I can take photos very silently. And I was sitting there, I was sitting there like with my phone, like snapping photos. But then all of a sudden the, the flash went off on my phone (gasps) and they caught me (laughs) and the guards inside are, and I probably shouldn't have done it. I, anyone listening follow the rules just don't take photos just listen to them yeah you think you can get around it when you start and then as you go, i know like, it was bad for a reason um but they, but they're very like the security guards are very strict they they will and they're you do have the tourists though as well though that have like their snappy snap cameras mm-hmm. and they, they don't give a shit they're just like snap 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 and the security guards are like, stop. Like, they'll grab the cameras and be like, no, you need to get out. So they're very strict when you go inside. But it was one of those things. I'm like, of all things I'm going to do in Rome, I'm like, I have to see the Sistine Chapel ceiling. You ha- Like, if you're in Rome, you have to go see it. Even if it, like, yes, you have to pay to get into the museum, but it is so worth it. Because once you're actually sitting there and you see this, like, absolutely iconic painting up on the ceiling that you learn about in school and you've been you see it all like you see it everywhere it's one of those just it's so iconic Mm -hmm. and you and you see it in person it is absolutely amazing and you can't go to rome and not see it i mean i went to rome and didn't see it you didn't go no (laughs) oh stuff you have to go back to rome you have to go see it all right, deal. I'll, Done next deal. time Just I'm in Rome, I'll go see Don't it. take photos like I did. But if you want, I do have photos that I can share with you in case you don't go I mean, <laughs> um, Speaking of photos, but speaking yes. of photos, this actually just reminded me, this is a good one, when you and I went to Iceland. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> of all things, so Steph and I, we did uh, our, we did like a little road trip in Iceland. I think it was, was mm-hmm. it last year? Yeah. Last year. It was June 2018, yeah. Yeah, so Steph came over to London, and then we flew to Iceland, and we did a little road trip. But of all the things in Iceland that anyone does, what do they do? They go to the Blue Lagoon. What makes me laugh so much about this one is it's really pitched, and I thought I certainly thought it when we went there, as this, like, naturally forming, beautiful, like, it's just, it's blue because that's what it is. And it is. So you get there and you're like, wow, this is beautiful. And if you read the history, though, and not like their pamphlet history, but the, the real history, history. history. Yeah. It somehow formed. And I don't remember the details now, but it was like a factory 
Like it seemed very yeah. man-made. It, well, like the silica and the algae and stuff are naturally occurring because it's a volcanic area. Um, but the Blue Lagoon itself was quite man-made. Yeah. Like even if you see the aerial photos of it, because you always see the iconic photos of people walking in, standing half out, and it's stunning. But if yeah. you see the aerial photos, it is like a very shaped... Yeah. Well, it, it is, it is, it is, it is man-made. Uh, but that's yeah. the funny thing. Like everyone, that's the number one tourist attraction there though. And I have yeah. to say, like, we were like, no questions asked. We were going. Um, yeah. and it's one of the, it's not cheap to get in. I mean, how much did we pay? It was, it was I, expensive. It was like, oh. it was, it was like 50 or 60 pounds or something. Yeah. Which is, I was going to say 140 bucks. So yeah. that's probably kind of the same about yeah. equivalent but i'm not i'm not like it was it was amazing you go in and you're literally in this like beautiful massive hot tub lagoon and you go in and they give you like you can do a clay mask and it's just like steaming and they've got a bar it's it's absolutely like amazing <laughs> but it was like hilarious because stefana you see if you if, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about just go onto instagram and look up the blue, blue lagoon, lagoon in iceland because you see these photos of these beautiful like women and men just like posing inside the lagoon and they just have they are they look they are like influencers right and they just look stunning and so steph and i so when we were there we're like we're like let's recreate like let's see if we can take a beautiful photo and so steph and i have like this clay on our faces and we're standing there like legit i don't even think we realize how fucking stupid we look we thought we were taking decent photos I felt, at least. I mean, I certainly felt beautiful in the moment. <laughs> like, I, I did felt as like well. we were doing I mean, all the right things. You can't be in that lagoon and not feel like, you know, your your skin is becoming like fresher and younger and you're just uh, you just feel cleansed. Like you feel cleansed and you feel- the classic expectations versus reality photo. Yes. So like somehow the clay made us look like we have unibrows. Um, we look like the Blue Lagoon ogres who crawled up from we, underneath somewhere. We look like fucking swamp monsters. Like we look, we do, we do. Like we look like swamp monsters. The photos, and we will post this on our Instagram. This is going to be our post, I think, for this episode. But genuinely, I remember even you taking the photo of me, and I remember like I had the clay on my face, and I put my arms out. And I was like smiling and I'm like, oh my God, that's steam coming off. And I'm like, I look, I just look beautiful. And then I'm sure you thought the same. And then we both looked at her. And then it was one of those when you can't even really look at your photos in the lagoon. Because I don't, I don't even think we had like water. There's so much fog. Well, there was so much. Do you remember my, Steph, do you remember my eyes were burning? Do you remember the clay got into my eyes and the steam and I couldn't see at one point I actually went blind in the lagoon and I was like, Steph, I can't see my eyes are burning. This is horrible. I need to get out. And this is after our photos. And And I'm like, I can't help you. Like I can't fix this. You need to fix this. Like it was a very romantic moment. I know. I was like, so I can't see. She's like, you need to get out and get a towel. I'm like, I don't know where the exit is. I can't find it because I can't see. Like, it was one of the most horrible experiences ever. At the same time, I felt very relaxed. I don't know how to describe this feeling of like, I'm like walking around blind going, God, I feel so good, but I can't see I'm blind. Um, But then... 
So eventually, when once we left the lagoon after we paid for our $25 beers, because there is a bar in the lagoon where you can get a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we came out and we felt so good after my eyes had cleared up and I could see again. Uh, and then we're sitting in the car and we're like, oh, should we look at the photos and reflect on what a wonderful experience this was? And we both looked at the photos that we both took of each other that we didn't, we couldn't review them at the time because it was not a waterproof camera. We just took them. We're like, okay, let's go put this back on the side. Um, and what came out was swamp monsters. <laughs> we were swamp monsters. Like, I don't know how else to describe what we looked like. Yeah, it was, it's pretty bad. I mean, it is pretty bad. And I remember for weeks after that trip, because I did at the time, I even put together expectations versus reality photo of like people's beautiful photos and then ours. And I just kept looking at it and laughing uncontrollably. Yeah. It is the ugliest photo. (laughs) It is one of the most unflattering photos of myself. And trust me, I had a an awkward stage from when I was like nine till probably about 22. So I've got a lot of awkward photos in my lifetime. This one tops it. This one tops it. I mean, I would sometimes when Andrea is in a bad mood or she's like, I don't feel good. Make me feel better. I send her that photo. Yeah. (laughs) Which like in a weird way makes me feel better because however I'm feeling that day, I know that I look better. I could be as sick as a fucking dog and I'm not looking as bad as I do in this photo. So, um, I mean, I feel like I don't want to post these on our Instagram account, but guys, we're going to share these with you. We have have to to see them. And we'll do the expectation versus reality comparison. And that's the funniest part where you see these beautiful (laughs) models in the blue lagoon taking these beautiful photos and which, and the funny part, Steph and I thought we were doing that. We really thought we were posing. (laughs) I mean, I've looked back at the photos to be like, where did we go wrong? Like, if I had to do it again, what would I do differently? And you look at the photo and you see, A, I'm pretty sure the silica on their faces isn't even the silica they give you. It is like painted for the photo op. Yeah. And then there's there's no other people in the Blue Lagoon. So it's very clearly an influencer photo shoot. Yeah. They've rented it out for the day. It's just influencer. Yeah. it's a professional photographer. It's edited. Like these photos are not reality. Um, I mean, the girls are beautiful. We can't get away from that. But yeah, the, the photos are not real. <laughs> like we it's, cannot it's recreate photo- this if we try. There's a lot of Photoshop, definitely. Yeah. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Maybe yeah. that's where we went wrong. Do you think a little Photoshop could have helped our photos? I no. well, I mean, Photoshop can always help photos, but I don't ever want to be that person. I don't know if Photoshop would have saved our photos. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I feel mean, like if I ever went down the Photoshop route, I would just do it all. I'd be like, okay, we'll t- we'll tuck this in, we'll tighten this. Like I would go all, and by the time the photo went out, people would be like, Steph, you don't look like that. Like that's not that's not a tweak. That's a new person. Steph, why did you Photoshop Heidi Klum's face onto yours? Like that's not you. <laughs> she has good cheek structure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really liked her bone structure. But yeah, but at the end of the day, though, the Blue Lagoon, it's a must do. I mean, for it's me and you, it. of all it things, so worth it. We were like, we're doing the Blue Lagoon, and you know what? At the end of the day. Maybe we didn't have the photos uh, to prove it, but it was phenomenal. We had the memories. We had such a great afternoon, even though my eyes burnt and we got really horrible photos from it. It was it was great. And that was one of my favorite tourist sort of must-dos in any travels that I've done. Um, And it's funny because, so we we talk about how great this one was. I'm going to talk about a kind of an underwhelming one. Okay. <laughs> that comes to mind. I remember okay. when I went to Prague. I went to Prague a few years ago uh, around Christmas time. And so Prague is, it's uh, around Christmas. They've got the beautiful like Christmas markets. And I would highly suggest if you want to go to Prague, go around Christmas because the Christmas markets are banging. They've got like amazing food, amazing Christmas stalls. They just do the whole the whole get up. When you, you think Christmas market, Prague does it right. Um, but one of the things in Prague, and I think one of their most like sort of famous attractions Okay. is the astronomical clock. And Steph, I know we talked about this, and you didn't do the astronomical clock while you were there, did you? I, no, I don't think we talked about this because I don't even know what the astronomical clock is. Well, the astronomical clock is like the big clock in the old city center, and it's like the oldest astronomical clock in the world. But the, I um, I mean, maybe I did see it, and I just didn't know it was a thing. No, you definitely, if you went to Prague, you would have walked by it, but maybe you didn't know that it was an attraction. And this is why I'm sort of maybe talking on the underwhelming status of it. Oh. But it was it was one of those on the, on, the, on the checklist when I went to Prague. I'm like, I've got to see the astronomical clock. It's really cool. Anyways, so I went, and, and what they do uh, every hour on the hour... There's like a show, it's called the The Walk of the Apostles. And it's a bunch of like moving sculptures. And at one point there's like the skeleton that comes out and he's like, he represents death and it's like striking the time. And anyways, it's a big show, right? So I heard all about this and I remember reading it on like Wikipedia and I had read on like travel blogs and they're like, you got to go see it. It's this amazing show, right? So I go. On the hour, I don't know what time it was, but I go and there's a massive crowd waiting around the clock for this big show. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And I'm kind of waiting for this like skeleton of death because I'm, you know, I'm kind of dark and like <laughs> not dramatic at all. Anyways, so I'm like waiting for this skeleton to come out and be like, death. And then uh, on the hour, it's like a little, it's like a fucking cuckoo clock. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> 
this little skeleton comes out and it's like just a mechanical like and then it comes out and it goes back in and that's it and it lasts like 30 seconds and there's literally like a hundred people standing around watching this and i'm standing there going all right and i've checked that off my bucket list like but sometimes those are the fun things you don't know until you've done it and you gotta do it to know a hundred percent but it's like if you go to Prague, that is one that's like the top thing to do well do you know why i didn't do the astronomical clock why because my focus when i was in Prague was on reenacting mission impossible on the bridge oh i did go there I did go there. That's, that's why I had to go to the bridge and I had to pretend I was in Mission Impossible and I was a spy. And in my head, I was like, do, 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 Yeah, that was literally my focus in Prague. And that's good because you were doing a trip where you were doing all the things off the beaten track, whereas I was doing all the touristy <laughs> things. And you know what? Next time you and I can go to Prague together and we can combine our experiences. Yes, where I will yes. bring you to the astronomical clock and then you <laughs> can show me how to reenact Tom Cruise. I think when mission the Impossible. cuckoo clock, because you said when the clock comes out, it's like, doo, doo, that should be our Mission Impossible moment. It'll be like, doo, done. Doo, 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 doo. done. Uh, we got to go to Prague together. And then we'll just start running around Prague like spies. Oh, yes. I, I like wait. it. I dig it. Oh, but yeah, but guys, <laughs> at the end of the day, sometimes, sometimes the touristy attractions and you do them. And once you do them, you kind of go. Was that it? But you get to check it off your bucket list. And, and uh, no, I, I'm still happy that I did it because it is genuinely, it's like the number one thing to do in Prague. And a lot of people like, there's people that like travel from like other countries to come and see this. I don't really yeah. get it. I don't get it, well, but I did it and I've done it. I mean, you done. have to remind yourself of that. Like we very, very much take uh, Niagara Falls for granted, but there's yeah. people from all around the world who dream of seeing Niagara Falls. So to each their own, right? Totally. And that that's at the end of the day, as we always say, what however you want to do your travels and whatever's on your list, like you do you. Don't listen to anyone yeah. else. If you want to see Niagara Falls, if you want to see the astronomical clock, if you want to reenact Mission Impossible. Do you. That is your thing. Whatever's <laughs> going to make you happy at the end of the day, right? Well, I'll jump. I'll, I'm, I'm going to do a hard turn here and go to one that really inspired me. Mm. And it is a very hyped tourist destination, but Christ the Redeemer in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Okay. Or Cristo Redentor, as some call it. So when I, we've talked a bunch of times about my around the world trip. I started in Brazil and because Brazil was my starting point, the one thing I was dreaming of to see was Christ the Redeemer. Mm. And a year before I left on this trip, I set it as my computer background but I was looking at it every day. Like I was just built. And sometimes when you build such a momentum, you can be a bit like, oh, like not. I hype this up more than it actually is. But I was looking at it for every day. I dreamed of seeing it. And then when I was in Brazil, I'd been there for a few a few weeks, actually, because I did Sao Paulo first. And then I got to Rio de Janeiro and my couch surfing host took us for you know, we went for a drive and then we went for a walk on the beach and we went, we walked out like in the water in the evening. So the sun was setting water up to our knees and we looked up and Christ the Redeemer was up. I'm saying a mountain, but that's not the right word, but like up on the hilltop looking down over Rio de Janeiro. And the moment was as iconic as I had envisioned it. Like Mm. it took my breath away. I was like, oh my gosh, all, and it was the culmination of, you know, over a year of planning, a year of saving, 
a year of envisioning it and I was finally there living it. Like that moment meant so much to me. It wasn't like, the like di- a- was it different than my underwhelming experience in Prague where you're standing there going, <laughs> wow, I'm really overwhelmed by the, this actual amazing structure in front of me. Yeah, it, it took my breath away. And it was just, I think I'm really glad I saw it that way first because mm. um, it was evening and they light it up and it's very, very super. It's like Jesus is looking over Rio de Janeiro. And yeah, it was incredible. And I did. So a day or two later, I actually went up where you can go right up to it and stand under it. And that was kind of your expectations versus reality photo as well. Because everyone, <laughs> there's hundreds of people there, if not thousands, to get the whole Christ the Redeemer in your photo, you you have to lay down to get the right. photo. Because it's a lot so bigger you, than what it looks like. That's the, I've never I've never been huge. and it's on it's on my list, but it's one of those things that probably from photos because a lot of them are taken far away because it's so big to get it all in the photo. But yeah. I've heard from an, a, anyone I know that's been, they're like, it is massive. It's, it's bigger like than you think so much is, bigger yeah. in person. And you, it's really hard to get a full photo in unless you're yeah. as far away as you. Yeah. Well, and um, the thing is too, is you walk out, you finally get up because you have to go up the mountain and some people hike it. Some people take a train up and you get up there and you see thousands of people, but then you see this the whole area where there's probably just a hundred people laying on their back. And you're like, what the heck is going on here? Um, but then you realize quite quickly, you're like, oh, this is what I need to do. So like a sheep, you head on over and lay down with the people and you got strangers on each side of you and you're all just laying there. Yeah. But it was awesome. But I do love that I had that moment first seeing it from down below on the beach overlooking the city. It was incredible. So that was an, like a overwhelming one. (laughs) That just reminded me of, um, is when we went. And saw the pyramids. In terms of tourist attractions, what, Steph and I, one of our mutual tourist attractions was we were like, we have to go see the pyramids of Giza. Yeah. And yeah. we did. And that was, so I think we've talked about it before, Egypt and Cairo in itself. Were we totally stoked on being there? No, it wasn't the nicest place. But seeing the pyramids, I mean, Steph... That's actually one of, between the few places that we've been, that is absolutely my favorite memory of me and you traveling together. We rode on camels in the desert in front of the pyramids Mm -hmm. of Giza when at the time there was no tourists visiting Cairo and it was literally Steph and I on our own yeah, just well, hanging it, out by the pyramids, and it was like honestly one of my favorite memories of just me and my best friend, just like yeah. Well, and I don't think people get because a that was the morning that ISIS blew up the Italian consulate, so we woke up yes. to a terrorist attack that morning, and then still went to the pyramids because we're like we're here, we're seeing the damn pyramids, and that's why we went right. Like there was no other reason we went to Cairo or well <laughs> to tie in when you say things you wish you knew before traveling. We negotiated how much to pay for the camels because they charged to us a price and you can negotiate it way down. And thankfully we had a guide who kind of told us these things. Right. So, and let's be honest, I didn't negotiate. You did. Um, Yeah, I definitely did. What we pay. Because the guide actually told us like, you don't want to pay this much. And we're, so we go in, we're like, how much is it? Five times that we're like, no. (laughs) And, but yeah, what I think what 
Because you, you do, when you look online at these hilarious expectation versus reality photos, one of them is the pyramids of Giza and there's people everywhere. Yeah. But when you and I went, because we're terrible at researching timing, we went in the middle of Ramadan in the middle of summer when <laughs> Egypt is 50 degrees. And like, and also we during at, a time we where at, they like, were at the unrest. time when they say... Do not, like, don't go to Egypt when the terror alert is high. Don't go to Egypt during Ramadan. Don't go to Egypt when it's 50 degrees. And we're like, this is when we should go to Egypt. Are you saying that we're terrible at uh, planning these things? Or maybe we're geniuses at it. I don't know. Because to me, it sounds like we went at the perfect time to get those. I mean, again, we can post these photos. We have some great shots. So if you compare our shots at the Pyramids of Giza versus... The shots of us at the Blue Lagoon in Iceland. <laughs> it is like night and day. Honestly, those photos of us at the pyramids are some of my favorite travel photos of like us just on the camels. Like it looks great. And we didn't do, there was no Photoshop, nothing. It's just like us like, hey, look at me. Yeah. I'm in front of a pyramid versus at the Blue Lagoon where I'm like, look at my swamp face. We need to do a, we need to do a, a reunion, I think, in Egypt at some point. Yeah, Egypt was phenomenal. So, and then I have a couple other ones that are pretty iconic sites to see. Okay. And we don't have to like get into the nitty gritty of each of them, but the Statue of Liberty. Oh, iconic. see, that's one I have never done. I've seen the statue. I've been to New York many times. And I've yeah. seen it from afar and I've never actually done it. It's really good, especially this day and age where everything is so polarized and divisive to go out and visit it and just be reminded of it's literally called the Statue of Liberty and to go yeah. out and to read the history about it and to be reminded of, you know, just that we're all on this planet. We're all looking for a better life. And there's a really good story to the Statue of Liberty. It, it means so much. So it's a good one for people to see right now. Mm. <laughs> for uh, We're 28. This will be episode 29. And we've probably ripped on Paris for like 22 of the episodes. But the, <laughs> Eiffel, Tower, <laughs> the Eiffel Tower is on my list. It is. Guys, um, I agree. As much as everyone knows, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of Paris. All right. I'm not even going to like pussyfoot around it. Everyone knows. Paris is probably one of my least favorite cities of all time. However, yeah. I will say the, okay, I'll give you this. The Eiffel Tower, <laughs> seeing it up close, fine. Going up the Eiffel Tower. I eh, didn't go up it. Eh, skip it. Yeah. I feel like the whole thing about going up to a tower, and I'll say the same thing about going up into the CN Tower in Toronto. Once you're up in the tower, the whole like skyline view and what you're there to see mm. is all of a sudden out of you. So yeah. The Eiffel Tower, seeing it up close. Yeah. I agree. Oh, it's just Go one of those places it. that you see it in photos your whole life. Like, it is an iconic it building is, I agree. that you see everywhere. It is absolutely and, iconic. You have to see it in person. So yeah. So that moment I saw it in person, it's just like that feeling inside of like, I'm really here. Like, and then you have that proud moment of like, I made it here. I am here. This is fantastic. Yep. And I'm there with you. One, and this is the one that took my breath away. Mm. I remember going there and I walked around the, I got bought my ticket, walked around the corner and you have to walk through this gate to get there. And I suddenly like my, every part of my being was in awe and there's no words for how it doesn't matter how much people talk about how beautiful it is or how incredible it is. <sighs> Give it to me, Steph. And- Give it to me. The buildup is too much. Which, what is it? The Taj Mahal. Oh, 
Oh, yes. Yeah, I've never done that. I haven't been to India yet. It doesn't matter how much someone boasts about how incredible it is. It is better in person. It is so much better than anyone could tell you. Yeah. So that's that kind of rounds out my list I had. And I mean, these are all very cliche places, sites to see. And I loved every single minute of them. Uh, Steph, I've got one for you. That, and this is yes. on my list and Hit me with it. you have not done yet. Okay. And in terms of my travel experiences and one of the most amazing places that I've been to mm-hmm. is the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. Oh, and you yes. need to not, go. No. One of my honest to God, one of my fondest travel memories is when I went to Australia for the first time in 2009 and I was there with my sister and we went to the Great Barrier Reef and I cannot even explain to you how amazing it was to be snorkeling in like it, it is it's like you said it looked like what you see on TV as you're literally and and the great thing about that you're just like immersed in it like you're snorkeling and like some people scuba dive I don't do that I I'll snorkel but you're just immersed in this beautiful absolutely beautiful underwater scene i felt like i was in the little mermaid it was like it was just like the the i can't it was phenomenal and you're in australia now and i know that you don't live near there but you're closer to it than i am and that is one of those things like next time i come back to australia maybe we go together let's go i have to go back because i honestly it was of and all places I've been and all the touristy things I've done, the Great Barrier Reef, snorkeling in the Great Barrier Reef was my number one thing. I love my it. Number one. I'll and definitely, yeah. You gotta do it. So we're doing it. Even Done. if we get Deal. chased by stingrays, <laughs> which I did. This was right after um, Steve Irwin had been killed by a stingray. Mm. And I saw a stingray and I started chasing after it. My sister was like, please stop chasing the stingray. It will kill you. Oh. Like Steve Irwin. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Maybe a oh, national Australian treasure. Yeah, I know. Piece. It was a sad time. Um, yeah. Then. But anyways. Um, oh, well, you know what? I, I feel like once again, this is one of those episodes we can definitely do a part two because I am all about the tourist attractions. I'm not one of those. And yeah, I, I also love I love doing my, my traveling like off the beaten track. But you give me a tourist attraction and I'm like, I am there. I want to see it. I want to check it off my bucket list. I don't care how shit it is. I don't care how lame it is. I'm there. Well, you know what? Most of these things are tourist attractions because they are iconic or incredible. And maybe sometimes if you're comparing them to standards today, you can make a case for them being underwhelming. But you got to always appreciate how what makes them incredible is that they were typically the first of their time. Right. Like totally. They were. Yeah. So you just you just got to always have that appreciation for the way things were and the things those these sites that changed what how things could be please get in touch let us know your favorite tourist attractions because uh, I, yes. I feel like there's probably some that Steph and I have not done or we haven't seen or maybe we've thought about we're like meh change our mind change our mind and if you haven't please as always leave us a five-star review we've had an amazing week with the podcast things have just been crazy we didn't really talk about it but we got featured on itunes we've featured in a bunch of lists it's just been incredible and what would really help keep that momentum is if you guys could leave us a five-star review that would just mean the world to us yes it means a lot and it helps us out more than you guys know so please thank you said give us some reviews give us five stars shout about it to your friends if you like what you hear 
And we can continue giving you this podcast every week. And on that note, we will see you next week. See you later. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.